Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast. Happy Thanksgiving from Focus on the Family. It is a wonderful time of year for a lot of us, but it also can create a lot of stress in marriage. The holidays are just difficult at times. Um, It's good to have some rules for how you're going to handle conflict when it pops up during the holiday season. Like, no, we don't deal with that right now in front of everybody. And no, we don't push it away, put it in the closet, lock the door, and never come back to it. We have to have some happy medium there about the things that come up. I personally have found, and my wife Dina has as well, that a journal is a good way to keep track of kind of what I'm feeling in the moment, and I can come back and share that or she shares that with me. And uh, I'm John Fuller, along with Greg and Aaron Smalley, who run our marriage department here. What other guidelines do you have when it comes to handling conflicts, particularly during the holiday season? Yeah, it's so important because you think about with the holidays, we have family around us and we're busy all day long. And one little comment might be made that um, triggers your spouse or triggers you and you can't talk about it like you're saying in front of everybody. So one thing that is key that there's a verse that talks about don't let the sun go down in your anger. Well, anger is a reaction, which just simply means that your heart's closed because we react when our heart is closed. Mm -hmm. So the key there is it's saying don't let the sun go down on your anger or your reaction, but it doesn't say we're going to work every single thing out before we go to bed because that's just going to perpetuate the next day being more exhausted and worn out and you're still going to have family around. Yeah, and good fights don't happen very well at 10 or 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. Yeah, and so the key is, again, you have full control of your heart. Get your heart back open so you can get a good night's sleep. Let your spouse know, hey, I love you, and I know we're going to work through this, but let's do it after the company's gone. Yeah, yeah so I, we, I'm committed, and I love you, and we're going to work through this. So we rewrote that verse to say, let the sun go down in your issues, not your anger. Mm, I appreciate that Ooh, translation. Like that. We'll have that somebody is... <laughs> we'll have somebody come and give us a Greek the smally, lesson on why the smally version is <laughs> really bad. But I like that. I'll take that home to the bank right now. So, Well, Jim Daly and I talked with Pastor D.A. Horton and his wife Alicia, and last time the Hortons were very honest about working through a heated argument, and uh, here they're going to unpack what they learned from that. You identified four what you call nevers. Yeah the things never to do in marriage. Um, let's go there for some practical help. Absolutely. Um, I'll start and you want to we'll piggyback off each other. Okay. Sure. So one of the things I realized is when we came back from the fight and had to talk to our kids, we wanted them to understand we never want to avoid the issue. You know, I think that's one of the things that couples often fall into this idea that we're just going to avoid it. We're just going to pray that it goes away and we'll never bring it up again. And then they sweep it under the rug and they trip over it. And so we want to make sure that even though in our moment, in the heat of the flesh, we don't want to escalate things with our flesh. We just say, hey, let's table this for another time when we can actually talk sensibly and more lovingly and be more civil about it. So avoiding the issue shouldn't be something that we do, um, but we make sure that we say, hey, it's not a good time to talk about it. So how we can, how can we come back and talk about it at another time? Yeah, that's good. I think in addition to that also, uh, we want to try to develop a rhythm of not fighting back. So never fight back. And, and what I mean is like in the situation that we just talked about, Alicia said a trigger word. I could have came right back with another trigger word. I could have said something that would have made her upset. I could have said, I rebuke you. And then that would have been fighting back. So what we recognize is that, you know what, it's okay to walk away, but in the way that we, we 
in which we walk away has to be dealt with tenderly and filled with compassion to say, listen, I'm walking away from the moment. I'm not walking away from the marriage. I'm in my flesh. I'm so tempted to fight back. And right now, I know that we should never fight back. So I need space. I'm going to give you space. Let me get along with the Lord. Let me gather my thoughts, and we will come back so that, again, we won't avoid the issue. So we have never avoid the issue, never fight back. What are the other two numbers? Um, The other one we would say never act as if you don't care. Um, I feel like for... Me, I think one of the greatest things I can do to hurt him is act like I don't care about his feelings and emotions. After he just laid it all out there and expressed his heart, the thing, I think the most hurtful thing that I've done to him before out of my own hurt was act like I just don't care about what you just said. And so I feel like that's a trigger. Don't try to avoid that and try to make sure that you are actively listening, but also acknowledging the fact that they just laid their emotions out there. So what are we going to do about it? So if you're not ready for that discussion, how would you say it to DA? If you don't want to act like you don't care, but he's just told you something that really irritated you, Yeah. what would you say to him? I would say, hey, like, I think it's, I hear your heart, but I'm, I'm just going to be honest. I'm stuck on my, my hurt right now. And if you can just give me some time and space to be with Jesus so that way we can come back together and uh, revisit the conversation. Mm. But I feel like he's he's really good about giving me that space. So that's why I said creating space would be important because in that moment, if the person's not ready to talk about it, let them have that space. Yeah. 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 And I think that's one thing that we've had to learn is that, you know, for someone, for the spouse, that this has just been brewing. Um, I had to use the analogy just a few weeks ago to help Alicia understand I'm not being emotionalist. I'm not a robot, but you interrupted my train of thought when I'm working on something, deeply concentrating on something. And you came to me with something that you've been thinking about. So we grew up in the Midwest. It gets very cold in the winter. And I said, basically, it's like you're a warmed up car. And you're coming to me, and when you engage the conversation, you're warm, you've been running, heat's working, you've been on the freeway, you're all (laughs) gears going. But I'm just now getting the ignition started on my car, and I'm cold. So I'm cold compared to where you're warm. Give me a few minutes to disconnect mentally from the work that I'm doing so that I can give you full attention and that you give me space to let the car, my heart, warm up so now we can go on this drive together. And we've had to learn, because I do the same thing. She'll put it all out there, and I have nothing to say. And she just takes that as the worst offense because she just literally gave me her heart. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. And a lot of that, as I've talked to other men, they're like, I don't know what to say. I don't have the right words. Am I going to say something? And I'm like, I know. I have all those thoughts going on in my head. I think in that moment, you just got to be honest and say, I don't know what to say other than thank you for trusting Trusting me me, with the content of your heart. Like, thank you. I don't know what to do with it. I know you don't want me to solve the problem because when I try to solve it, you tell me you don't need an answer. <laughs> right. I don't know I've what to do. That. I'm right. sitting here on pins and needles going, don't yeah. solve it. Don't yeah. solve it. Yeah. Right. yeah. So it that takes time. So mm. That last one is never use manipulation. Boy, that can be, you can be blind to your own manipulation. So how, A, I guess, how do you become aware of when you're manipulating and then how do you back off? Yeah, I, I think that's what Colossians 3, where, you know, Paul tells us to put on compassionate hearts, to be tenderhearted full of compassion, full of forgiveness. When, when your spouse is becoming vulnerable, they're like clay in your hands. Mm-hmm. And if you have evil intentions, impure motives, carnal thoughts, you can shape them by shaming them and guilting them right. and turning the entire issue back on your spouse. And you think you're scot-free. You win an argument, 
but you could potentially lose your spouse. Right. It's and not I, worth it. And I think for me, Philippians chapter two is one I often have to go back to is saying, do not nothing from selfish ambition, but consider others needs more significant than your own. And if in that moment, I'm not thinking about my spouse's needs and what he needs from me at that time, I'm going to easily manipulate the situations for my outcome, for the betterment of me yeah. in that moment, even if it's satisfaction of winning arguments. So. All right, Greg, so uh, the Hortons mentioned four nevers, which I thought was great. Um, which one of those have you struggled with the most, and how did you work through that? Yeah, no doubt their first one, which is never avoid the issue, is <laughs> the one that I've struggled with my entire married life, if not my entire life. It just—conflict is, is hard for me. I'm a big people-pleaser so anytime that Aaron is frustrated, I know I can see her smiling right now. Anytime she's frustrated with me, it just, it, all it's telling me is that I've screwed up, that I'm a failure, mm -hmm. that I'm not measuring up as a husband, as a father, whatever it is. And so sadly, I think there's just a lot of spiritual warfare that happens really quick when, when things get tense or uncomfortable or if there's conflict between Aaron and I. I think Satan just whispers in my ear, see, once again, hmm. you're not good enough. You don't measure up. Yeah. You're a failure. And, and it just, it's, so what it does is it shuts me down. So now I'm shut down. I'm now defensive. And when I get defensive, Aaron doesn't handle that right. Cause she's wanted me to listen yeah. to her. Yeah, and, so how do you push through that? Yeah. I've, I've really had to retrain myself that, that conflict is an opportunity and I have to repeat again and again that James 1, 2, that when hard times come your way, so conflict being one of those hard times comes your way, consider that an opportunity. And and I've really had to learn and experience that actually when Aaron and I talk through something, it, 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 it there's a benefit there to our marriage. I mean, it, certainly it reconnects us and it restores peace and harmony and goodwill towards all men here in the marriage. But it, it, I think really what I've learned is that honestly, it's an opportunity to learn something about myself, probably, um, about my wife. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to gain some new, maybe, uh, emotion that she was experiencing, maybe a, a desire that she has a need that, that she would love if I would help meet something like that, or it's, it's going to teach me something about our marriage. So oftentimes, um, you know, maybe there's an ineffective pattern or something that's developed over time, you know, like through COVID. I mean, we, we had to learn that, that we relied a lot on um, doing marriage seminars. In other words, Aaron and I traveling to a new city, a new destination, teaching together. A lot of shared experiences yeah. there. And it really connected us as a couple. It, but, but I realized quickly how much we relied on that. It was almost like when we were home, we could invest in other things, knowing that, well, in a couple of weeks, we'll be together, you know, in wherever, having this great time. And so it's, it began to create some conflict between us because we weren't connecting. Mm. And all of a sudden, we both were feeling super disconnected, kind of got short, snappy with each other. And that's really what emerged. So in other words, the benefit of her and I talking about the simple um, snapping at one another and, and being short with each other, really what was going on was a, a deeper issue that we weren't connecting and we didn't know how to connect when we couldn't travel together. Yeah. And so you see what I'm saying? I mean, the benefit was we learned something really important about our marriage that, whoa, 
okay, so if we can't travel together, how will we stay connected? Yeah. And that's when we learn taking walks together. And, you know, we don't do that every day and she didn't put a leash on me or anything, but, you know, taking a walk together to where we're just checking in, you know, how are you doing? How are you feeling? What's, what's, what was the high of your day, the low of your day? All that has really helped us, um, stay connected. And that all came from conflict Hmm. that I normally would have avoided like the plague. Yeah. And I, I actually identified with the, uh, four nevers, the, the, the second one, never fight back. (laughs) <laughs> my tendency is to process very quickly and to shoot something out. Yeah. And, uh, and I don't know why I do that. I, I've been trying to figure that out, but I've also been very aware. That I've written I down some do... notes, by the way. I have some ideas <laughs> yeah. if you want to know. Off really... air, you can tell me more, <laughs> yeah. uh, more of your observations. But I've just learned I need to slow it down and, and just button up my lip and be slow to speak yeah. and quick to listen, as James writes, and and not fight back, yeah. and and that that helps immensely. If Dean is irritated about something, she's a deep feeler. I just am not in touch with my feelings very quickly or very often. So we have a lot of opportunities for me to fight back and to point out, and it just never goes anywhere good. So slow down. Um, if you identify with one of the four nevers, then uh, you're going to enjoy the book that. The Hortons have written called Enter the Ring, Fighting Together for a Gospel-Saturated Marriage. We so enjoyed having them in the studio, and I hope you enjoyed them uh, on these past couple of episodes. That book is our thank you gift. If you can, uh, make a donation of any amount to the ministry of Focus on the Family today. If you're in a tough spot, just let us know, and we can probably send that out because we do have generous donors that cover the costs of things around here. So uh, just know that we're here, we're in your corner, if you will. And we want to help you have the strongest marriage possible. So make a gift if you can, and uh, we'll send that book to you. And then if you'd like to set up a free consultation with one of our counselors, uh, that is something that is so cool here, Greg. I mean, we've got a great care loop, if you will, for couples who are struggling. And uh, those counselors are, are trained, they're caring, they're Christians. They're going to give really solid advice in 20, 30 minutes that can make a big difference. Yeah, and help you find then a counselor in your area that you can go see on a regular basis. Yeah, so uh, give us a call. The number is 800-A-FAMILY, or click the link in the show notes, and we'll get you set up. Well, author Catherine Hill joins us again next time for some tips on having a healthier marriage. And for now, on behalf of Greg and Aaron and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.